trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Thank you for joining me. It is Thursday, August 6th. We are creeping a little bit closer to the weekend here. Hope you've all had an, a nice week so far. Um, we've got kind of a quiet trade in the row crop markets on Thursday, basically unchanged in corn. Uh, we've been floating around unchanged in soybeans. We've traded both sides of unchanged. Sharply lower trade in the wheat market, which has really been under pressure here as of late. Uh, thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening. If you have not already subscribed to the podcast, go on Apple or Google or Spotify or any other podcast app and find the Grain Markets and Other Stuff podcast. Hit that subscribe button and be made aware when new content is available. If you have any comments, questions, observations about the podcast, uh, leave me a review. I'd love to hear any and all feedback. You can also shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. That goes straight to my desk and I will reply to you personally if you have any questions or comments. I would love to hear anything uh, that you have to say. A couple of news items to get out of the way before I get into my uh, very much off-topic cryptocurrency conversation today. Uh, First one would be yield estimates, and and these have been making a lot of headlines. You know, we saw some really big numbers from FC Stone or StoneX, whatever they're calling themselves these days, uh, earlier this week. And then we saw some lower production estimates from uh, two groups, from IHS Market, that's Informa or Sparks, uh, depending on how old you are. And and, uh, we saw Farm Futures Magazine out with a survey here later this week as well. And both of those numbers were lower. Uh, both groups right around 179, even on the corn yield, just over 15 billion bushels on the uh, corn crop. That corn crop just over 15 billion bushels is actually not a record. Uh, we did 15.1 and change in 2016 on larger acreage, uh, but the yield number would be a record high if realized at 179. Um, and the soybeans, uh, kind of similar, lower than than the FC Stone numbers. Um, Farm futures was at what 51 on the on the soybean yield, which is a little bit lighter than some people are looking for. And um, uh, Informa Sparks IHS market, they were at 52.5, so not quite as as negative on the yield numbers. I mean, at this point, it's kind of like. You know, we're going to have big crops. It's a question of, of how big. And a few bushels on the balance sheets can go a real long way in soybeans. And, and they can go, it can change things in corn. It takes a little bit more. You need more than two or three bushels to make a, a drastic change in, in corn. But uh, this is something that everybody's going to be watching here for the next week. USDA is out on next Wednesday with uh, their report. Uh, they'll give us uh, their take on the production situation. And also, we may see some demand adjustments. Ethanol production, still not where we need it to be. Uh, Ethanol production last week was 10% behind where we were last year, or more than 10%, 10 10.5%. Gasoline demand about 11% behind where we were this same week last year. So while we've seen a massive recovery in both ethanol production and gasoline demand, we are not back to what I would call normal. We're not back to last year's levels. so we have some work to do there, and uh, there's certainly something to be desired from from et- the ethanol grind, and and hopefully we see this this trend of higher production continue. You know, we were down a little bit last week, but in general, we've done nothing but trend higher since those bottoms back in April. 
I want to talk about Brazil a little bit. There's a little bit uh, more attention being given to the prospect of a record Brazilian soybean crop, and uh, I have no reason to believe that it won't be a record. Um, They're going to plant record acreage. There's no doubt about that. The Brazilian farmer is profitable right now. They've got this big currency advantage. Of course, they've got a big freight advantage on any soybeans that they ship to China. Um, The only thing that, that could throw a wrench in the works of that deal would be a weather issue, of course, and you can't predict a weather issue. If it happens, it happens. But, um, you know, there's no guarantee of that. We've got to go with the assumption that weather will be normal, in my opinion. Uh, Exports are really good. Um, Corn and soybean, the the new crop export program for both crops is excellent at multi-year highs. Um, Now, of course, we need to, to ship that stuff and we need to make sure that China doesn't cancel a lot of these big purchases. But uh, it's off to a good start for the new crop marketing year, certainly. We need to see that continue as well. Um, I wanted to do this episode today because, quite honestly, I am uh, sick of talking about the grain markets. I feel like I'm constantly the bearer of bad news. It's It's been, uh, especially in the corn market, incredibly frustrating. Uh, not in my career have we gone this long without any sort of, of significant marketing opportunity. Um so I, uh, I'm going to do a different conversation today. I'm going to talk about something that I've become interested in uh, only recently in the last couple of years, and I'm going to tell you why and uh, kind of elaborate a little bit. So cryptocurrency is interesting to me. It's extremely interesting to me, and, and I wasn't really interested in it, again, up until the last couple of years. Um, I thought when I first heard about Bitcoin and when I first heard about some of these alternative uh, cryptocurrencies, my my first thought was that, you know, they're just printing money out of thin air. Um, This is a Ponzi Ponzi scheme. This is a fad. Uh, This is uh, an asset, if you want to even call it that, that eventually ends up at zero and people are going to lose a lot of money doing it. And that may that may very well still be the case, to be quite honest. Um, We're very far into the life cycle. Um, of this sort of thing. Now, you know, Bitcoin was originally launched, I think, in 2008 or 2009, and it is um, still around today. So um, all, all of that, those things I said that I originally thought could still be true. It's air money. It's it's just money that's printed on a computer. It's a fad. It's a Ponzi scheme. It's it's a bunch of nonsense. And, and that may very well be true. Um, but before you get too set on that idea, um, I'm going to do this the best that I can here. I'm going to try to play you an audio clip. Um, this is uh, Jerome Powell uh, from August, um, from just a couple of days ago is when this video was put up, but these comments were made earlier. And I'm going to play this and try to get it. Uh, let me see if I can move my speakers around here. I'm going to try to play this so you can hear it, and he's going to talk about the money printing system uh, here in, in the U.S. And, and what they've done with this stimulus. Fair to say you simply flooded the system with money. Yes, we did. That's another way to think about it. We did. Where does it come from? Do you just print it? We print it digitally. So we, you know, we, as a central bank, we have the ability to create money. Uh, digitally, and we do that by buying treasury bills or, or bonds or other government guaranteed securities, and that, that actually increases the money supply. So there's the Fed chair talking about printing money digitally. Um, there are some nuances to it, you know, when he talks about treasury bills and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, the, the U.S. government is is doing I think in my opinion at least, and people would argue with me on this, they're they're 
they're printing money. The stimulus is is money printing. They're putting more money into the money supply. Um, does it ultimately end up working out for them? Maybe it does. But um, it, it kind of took that idea to me, this this idea that somebody's just out there printing currency. Um, it made me think twice about that a little bit. And, and, and the more money that the Fed prints and distributes, it, it devalues the dollar and, and it makes the dollar less potent. And that's why inflation is an issue. That's why, uh, you know, the value of goods and services continues to go up over the, the course of the years. So I have changed my tune a little bit on this in the last couple of years. And I'll tell you why, uh, when I moved to Nashville, um, made some new friends. One of the friends that I met had been uh, involved in the cryptocurrency deal uh, since the very beginning, had owned Bitcoin since 2009, um, had been in, been involved in some of the alternative uh, cryptocurrencies uh, very early on. And he very much understood the ins and outs and the theory and all of that stuff. He directed me to bit to read the uh, Bitcoin white paper, which uh, essentially, essentially explains what it is, the process, the goals um, that was um, printed, I think, on it was October 2008. Uh, if you want to read through that in detail, and I'm not going to explain it all to you, but if you want to read that Bitcoin white paper, it's really quite interesting. Um, you can just Google that and it'll be the first thing that pops up. But the more I learned the more I kind of thought that there might be some sort of financial opportunity in this. Um, so this, this friend of mine who has been involved in this for a long time, uh, is, is still very optimistic in regard to the future of cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin in particular. And, uh, he has some some upward uh, some upside targets for this stuff and and don't get me wrong i hate predicting markets or um that sort of stuff as as much as the next guy every time i hear somebody predict oh corn's go- corn's going to go to $5 because of this or the stock market's going to go to to new highs because of this or crude oil's going to go to $10 because of this i always kind of just scoff at that stuff and say ah oh, nobody can predict prices and and i still maintain that belief but the upside uh, targets that my friend has on this stuff uh, are pretty lofty. I mean, he's talking Bitcoin prices at a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars. Bitcoin's at twelve thousand dollars today, which is actually the highest it's been in a while. So here I am with uh, a person that I consider to be extremely intelligent, uh, telling me that there is an asset out there that may increase a hundredfold maybe more than that maybe 200 fold or 300 fold um from from current levels and and this was back when when it was a little bit cheaper back on that dip um uh, a year or two ago and i thought you know something how many times in your life do you get somebody to to present you with one of these opportunities especially with somebody that you believe has some credibility like it, it, they always sound crazy. And, and you go back in past examples of something like this, it would have sounded crazy. If somebody would have told you to buy Amazon at $15 and that it's going to 3000 and that this guy who's uh, selling books on the internet is going to become the biggest company in the world. I mean, you would have thought that that was crazy at the time. And I still kind of think that this is crazy, but I also think that the risk to reward is potentially as fantastic as it could get. And and then what happened was after learning what I had learned about it, 
I, I, if, if my friend's forecasts came to fruition and I wasn't involved in it, even on just a limited level, I would kick myself the rest of my life and say that, you know what? I knew about it when it was cheap and, uh, somebody who was intelligent and understood it, told me about it and I did nothing about it. Uh, I would regret that. I'd rather lose some money in this thing uh, than than potentially potentially miss out on the opportunity. There's there's one quote here that was in an article regarding Bitcoin, and and a lot of the Bitcoin people like to talk about the possibility of asymmetric returns, meaning that you know you can you can lose all your money and it can go to zero, but the upside is is unlimited. The risk to reward potentially is fantastic. The the quote that I I picked out here: if there is a one percent chance. That there is 100x upside, you do this all day, and I think that most people in the trading business um, would say, "Okay, I'll I'll make a small bet on that. I'll, I'll make a small bet on on uh, an asset that has a one percent chance of 100 percent 100x upside." Um, so the risk to reward here is pretty good. So you're talking a thousand dollars. If you invested a thousand dollars in something like this, it's either going to go to zero or a hundred thousand. If you invested $10,000, it's either going to go to zero or a million. Um, and, and, and it's not as simple as that. There's probably a gray area where this thing just stalls out and it could go to 50,000 and then it could go back to zero. Nobody knows. But if, if you're to believe some of these prognosticators out there, and, and again, I'm always very skeptical of that sort of talk, that sort of rhetoric. I don't like price prediction. It doesn't work. It's fool's gold. Um, but I had to be involved in this. So I got involved in it. Um, in the over the course of the last uh, two or three years, basically, one thing to know about Bitcoin is that the market cap of it is still very, very tiny for a currency. The market cap of Bitcoin, as I speak here today, is two hundred and eighteen billion dollars. Um, I I, found, I went through the list of S and P five hundred companies, and I found a company that's about that. Uh, Pfizer's uh, Pfizer, the pharmaceutical company, their market cap is two hundred and fourteen billion. I think that was about the closest one I could find. Uh, Amazon, by comparison, is one point six trillion. So, if you're talking about a currency that eventually becomes even adopted by a small percentage of the population. Um, I believe that $218 billion is probably still a fairly low uh, market cap or valuation for this thing. Um, so that's, that's part of the thing that interests it to me. It, it, it's still, I think very much in its infancy, if it is to become a viable currency, a, a viable way of paying for goods and services. And we're not to that point yet. We are not to that point yet, but we could get to that point. Um, one thing that people don't realize and that I didn't realize, especially when I was first introduced to this is that there are more than one risk and there, there's more than one risk involved in owning cryptocurrency. The the first risk and the risk that everybody is aware of is that I buy it and it goes to zero, right? That it's a Ponzi scheme. It's a fad. It's, it's fake money, whatever. I get that. The other risk and the one that I was really unaware of is the risk of being hacked. Um, this is a digital currency. And very early on in the, uh, in the process of, of Bitcoin and Bitcoin trading and, and people storing Bitcoin, uh, a lot of it was hacked. A lot of it was hacked. And I think just about anybody who was involved very, very early in this had their computers hacked. Uh, they had Bitcoin stolen out from under them and, and, and the way that the tracking works, they were never able to recover it. They were never able to get it back. So there are some, uh, there's a method for storing. Uh, Bitcoin that uh, involves keeping it off of the internet and um, 
and keeping it in, in what they call a hardware wallet, which is just essentially a glorified thumb drive or, or flash drive. But um, that's that's the way that that uh, I've been advised to do it is to keep it off the internet because if it's on the internet, um, you're you're at risk. And and the, the programs and the platforms have gotten a lot better. Um, and uh, that that would be the way to do it. There are other cryptocurrencies that have garnered some interest, but I think that Bitcoin's the big one that that people will continue to watch, that will continue to make headlines. Uh, certainly, uh, access to it's become a lot better. So if you've ever uh, seen that movie, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's the one about Mark Zuckerberg and and at Harvard where he invented Facebook. There were the uh, the like the bad guys in the movie were those two twin brothers who were in the the rowing thing and uh the the Winklevoss twins and the Winklevoss twins uh did something very very smart that not a lot of people are aware of they settled uh i think it was an out of court deal but i'm i'm not sure they settled with Mark Zuckerberg for Facebook for a lot of money like hundreds of millions of dollars uh late in the game what they did with that money is that they bought up a huge portion of all the bitcoin that was in circulation. I don't remember if it was like two or three percent, um, but it's 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 a large percent. They own uh, collectively a, a, a good chunk of all Bitcoin in circulation. And um, what they did, or what they have done now, they started their their own crypto exchange. Uh, it's called Gemini, and Gemini.com uh, is the website. And you can go on Gemini.com. It's super user friendly. Uh, you can buy Bitcoin and other currencies. Um, you can buy some of the other alternative currencies. But the access to this thing uh, has really become a lot easier. Um, not like it was, say, ten years ago, where you'd have to go through the, all these, uh, jump through all these hoops to to own Bitcoin or any sort of cryptocurrency. You almost had to be like a computer hacker or somebody who knew a ton about computers to get involved. It's it's a lot simpler now. That website is Gemini.com. And again, that's owned by uh, the guys and the, the bad guys in the Facebook movie, the Winklevoss twins own it. And uh, they've, they've been really successful with it. I couldn't tell you how much money they've made in Bitcoin because I think that they bought that real large stake pretty early on in this thing. But uh, that's kind of an, an interesting piece here. The uh, The big attraction to this at the end of the day is that it's, it's not an inflationary asset. They made, I think, they they mined or they will eventually mine. I think the number is 21 million bitcoins, um, and they're not going to make any more. So it's pretty much the opposite of of the U.S. dollar, where they continue to print currency, uh, diluting uh, the currency itself. It's it's actually the opposite of that. It's going to eventually be kind of a deflationary asset because they're not going to make any more. So it, it's an interesting deal. For me personally, and this is not advice. This is I'm just telling you what I what I my view on it and what I've done. Um, I want to own it. I want to own it forever. And uh, if my friend is right and it ends up at a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, whatever it is, if it ends up being a viable means of paying for goods and services, then uh, I'll look pretty smart. You know, five, ten years from now, if it goes to zero. I'll look pretty dumb, but it's it's on a small amount of money. It's not like I'm taking my entire retirement account and and putting it in Bitcoin. It's a it's a it's a very small percentage of, of risk capital that I can afford to lose. And if I lose it, oh well. But it's just one of those things that I thought to myself when I was first presented with the opportunity. I cannot afford to miss this. I, I have to be involved in this because I I have a reliable source, an intelligent source with big ideas. And I just don't think there's that many times in your lifetime that you're presented with that sort of, of opportunity, whether it be right or wrong. And I don't know that I've ever heard something like this in my lifetime. Um, 
with that sort of opportunity. I don't know that I've ever been presented with that sort of, of opportunity. So that's why I'm interested in it. I'm going to be, I'm going to continue to be interested in it. Um, if you have questions about this, I am not an expert on it. I'm not an expert on it. I'm telling you my experience. Um, go online, do a little bit of research. You're gonna find you're gonna find people very much on both sides of of this thing. You're gonna find people who are big time Bitcoin advocates, and they believe that this is the future. It's the Internet of Money. That's a phrase you'll hear a lot. The Internet of Money. Um, you want to be involved. It's it's like you know the Internet in its infancy. And you'll find other people that say this is total nonsense. Uh, this is fake money. It's a fake asset. It's a bubble it's a ponzi scheme it's 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 digital garbage whatever whatever you want to call it you'll find both arguments but just like everything you've got to decide for yourself it's if it's something that that you should be interested in if you have the risk capital to be involved and uh not everybody does and i didn't throw a ton of money at this thing personally but um enough enough to make it interesting for me certainly so um i hope that was somewhat educational um a, a conversation on crypto from somebody who's a novice at best but um if you do have questions that you think i can answer which that those that list of questions that i can answer about this may be kind of limited uh shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com love to hear from you uh with follow-up questions uh, you can tweet at me if you want i'd, I'd be happy to respond on there uh and, and talk about this it's a little bit different conversation from the grain marketing stuff which uh again is has become exhausting I've, I've been the bearer of bad news for months and months and months figured i'd touch on something different today uh everybody have a wonderful day remember if you do need some help with your grain marketing i've got to give you my shameless sales pitch here go to my website go to standardgrain.com click on grain marketing plan 49 bucks a month i'll let you know when how and specifically i'm pricing corn soybeans and wheat throughout the year cancel it at any time uh no acreage fees, no hidden fees, um, no brokerage account necessary. You can be just a cash grain marketer to participate. Uh, certainly take a look at that. Everyone have a great week. Have a good weekend. Uh, we'll catch you later. Bye.